You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilver. Susie Hunt. <laughs> and we are kicking off the new year with Little Monsters with episode 165, Basket Case. The movie that dares to ask the question, what's in the basket? Uh, it's from 1982. It's an hour and 31 minutes. Directed by Frank Henenlotter, who we would know from the sequels, Basket Case 2 and 3, Brain Damage, and one we previously covered, Frankenhooker. So let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this questionable classic. Uh, you know what, Maurice? We're going to start with oh. you. What are, what are your thoughts on this one? Thanks. <laughs> what do you think of the Squatch Octopus? Well, it's not a classic. <laughs> um, I like the movie, surprisingly. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> it's terribly <laughs> awesome. It's a horribly awesome movie. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um... It's one of those movies where, I mean, it's so bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. It just look, There's nothing really scary about it. It's more funny than anything. There's, I don't think there's one jump scary. I, I beg <clears throat> to disagree only because I saw it at a young age, so I have that nostalgia fear for certain scenes. Well, I was 39 when I first saw it. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell a story about my first viewing in a minute. Because... Um, so, I, I've seen it a few times. Uh, it's not, it's not great, but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot going on, a lot of questionable things going on. <clears throat> I That's don't, putting it lightly. I don't know how Belial's killing anything. Like <laughs> he has toes he, for hands, but he has he has hands. He doesn't have long fingernails. He doesn't have teeth, but yet people are bloodied and scratched up. Mm-hmm. So oh, he has teeth. He shows them with fangs a couple of times. I, you sure about that? Oh, yeah. Well, that Were you co- drinking when you watched it? <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Well, the thing wasn't biting him in the face. That's true. Scratch up the, so I it was just kind of being held on by right. the actor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't... Very questionable depth <laughs> scenes in this movie. It, it was because, see, he was pulled off camera, and we don't know what happened off oh, camera. Okay. And then when he goes back, that, that's how it was. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll go with that. Um, the actor... <laughs> All the acting is wonderfully bad. It's just, yeah, it's not good. All that lovely ADR work. Oh, that, that prostitute, she was something else. What's her name? Suzanne? Uh, Casey in the movie, Casey. but I forget the actress's name. It's uh, Beverly Bonner. Yeah. Bonner? She's dead now. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of these people are dead. Um, not, uh, uh, what's his name? Kevin Van, I'm going to say it wrong. Hattrick. Hatt- Hattrick. Yes. Kevin <laughs> Van Hattrick. Yes. Hanfield. Is he, what's he done since that? Uh, I didn't look to see what he did. He did the sequels to this, and then Brain Damage and Dry Bones. He was in a movie with Greg Lamberson. Oh, that was it? Well, he did a couple of like shorts and stuff. So, so Hollywood, well, I can't even say Hollywood. The movie <laughs> well, versus New York wasn't that good. Low-budget low New York City cinema in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I believe he's actually a sculptor now. 
Is he? Yeah, I know he does. Like, I remember watching a, a thing about Basket Case where they were showing what the actors were doing. Does he sculpt the Lyle? No, no, he actually is a really talented artist. Like, uh, it's he does some really good work. So he's a better artist than actor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. Uh, it really... It really uh, starts from the beginning. You know, it doesn't... Uh, doesn't Not too many lull moments in this movie. Uh, there's pretty no. much action all throughout. I mean, once once you get the ball rolling, I mean, you don't see the the you know the character until what's in the basket, right? <laughs> it, they they make you wait for that, but there's still lots going on. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the ending was very laughable and disturbing. And, yeah. Like, like what happened with Sharon was really like what the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. it's very disturbing. Yeah, what a way to end the movie. And that can, whole uh, can, like how I mean we'll get to it when we get there but how? It, yeah, no, I have questions there. I have a lot of questions there. Uh, also yeah. naked uh, naked afro bush running through the streets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, you know, for a bad movie, it's enjoyable because it's very entertaining. Uh, the character, I mean, back then it looked cool. Belial looked cool then, but now watching it, it's like, ooh. He looks like a boglin. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just all sorts of weird. And him yeah. moving is like the California race. <laughs> oh, the stop motion. Yeah, oh, God, I love motion. the stop motion. Oh, yeah, the 80s stop motion. I love when he flings the dresser drawer at the screen. He's like, Meh. Yeah, it just flies. The was the dresser stop motion do? Because it looked like it was like it was like this, and then yep. <laughs> and then the then you see the actual like someone threw the drawer off off yeah. camera. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, you have some pretty gnarly stop motion in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll watch it again and, and again. Oh, yeah. uh, part two. I don't know about part two, but... I kind of like part two better. Oh, I Just know. because of the, the crazy cast of freaks. I mean, it is a crazy cast of freaks, but... I don't know. I and, think I and like la- the... Lady Belial. <laughs> not, I, 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 I refuse to see the third one, because I've heard it's really bad. Oh, you never... Oh, you gotta watch part three. Come on, you gotta... Oh, where where Belial saves his babies? You gotta see it. <laughs> So fun. I think I'd rather jump off the motel. <laughs> Hotel Broslin? Yeah. <laughs> Take my chances with that. Oh, I love the third one. I remember the th- renting the third one the night before going back to school. I think it was in eighth grade? I think it was eighth grade. But I remember uh, watching Basket Case 3 and then going to bed and having to go to school the next day. <laughs> like that was the, the cap to my summer that year. <laughs> Yeah. Basket case three. I did like the blooming romance between what's her name, Susan? Ah, uh, Sharon. Sharon and uh, and um. Oh, Dwayne. what a fucking Dwayne, joke, Dwayne Bradley. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I, I I love how aggressive she was in the beginning. <laughs> what, what do you mean you haven't had time for? Them? What about the, she starts rattling off all the New York landmarks? You had time for them? What do you mean aggressive in the beginning? She's aggressive at the end too. That's true. He kicks her out and she's pounding to get back in. <laughs> oh God, I love that whole sequence. She wanted that dick. <laughs> well, she got some dick. Uh, that's I, not the dick she got. <laughs> that's not that, even a dick. That's debatable. Well, we have questions. Yes, yeah. we do. Okay. Is it like a dog? Does it unsheath? Like. Oh. <laughs> I, I, is it barbed? Because there was a lot of blood. That's all I'm gonna say. Maybe, uh, maybe it's spiked. 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm like. Is it like a cat penis? Does it have it's a cat? Just... Oh God! All right, that's all I have to say. <laughs> well, Susie, let's not slip over to you. What are it's your thoughts? Real difficult to follow that. <laughs> I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. We got dumb titties. Yeah. And fuck Sharon and her not sensible footwear. Wait a minute, Dwayne. I have to take these boots off. Well, why don't you fucking wear sneakers, you dumb twat? You're going to be walking all over New York City in heels. Come on now. Um, <laughs> my favorite death scene is Dr. Cutter. Oh, my God. That's so ridiculous. That's I my love it. <laughs> her screams were like, I turned the volume down while I was watching it because it was so bad. First of all, she did not sound like the cat from the Smurfs. <laughs> As you know. Um, but overall, I really like this movie. I I love the um, hotel proprietor. Oh my god, he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah, love Casey because she's just like, she's the lovable like hooker. Yeah, it's the hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah, lovable. hooker with a heart of gold. I ain't, I ain't peeping in nobody's business, but... <laughs> If you have some money, I'll fuck you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I really like the movie. I like the flashback mm-hmm. when they're in the bar and he's like telling her the story. And come on, he took he took the basket to the bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> come on, now that's just well. He didn't want his room to get destroyed again. <laughs> that's just preposterous. And um, yeah, Belial just looks like. A microorganism. He looks like the 1% of germs that Lysol doesn't kill. (laughs) So he's like Post Malone's brother in the remake. Oh my god. Yeah, I really really like this movie. The ending, very bizarre. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how they could have made a sequel, but... They sure did. They sure did. They made a threequel. (laughs) Yep. Um, he got better. If you haven't seen it, it's it's streaming on Shutter right now. So yeah, and if you, you don't have that, it. it's free on Tubi. Yep, I'm and loving Tubi by the way. Oh, I, I like Tubi. It's, that's become my favorite streaming. I like service. Tubi, Tubi, Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> I because I mean, you get like maybe two to three commercials throughout an entire movie. Yeah, it's like a grand total of like a minute and a half of of advertisements. <laughs> And they have, like, every classic 80s horror that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, honestly, it's, it has more options than Shudder. Really and I'm does. like, Shudder is stepping their game up with original content, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. But Tubi is like, it reminds me of walking into an 80s video store and just looking at all the really bad direct-to-video horror movies. I love it. And, mm. you know... <laughs> <laughs> Belial oh. screaming... Now, see, I saw this movie at a very young age. Um, this is back when I still lived on 22nd Street. So. And that's how you thought sex worked? <laughs> no, no. In fact, I would. the reason Belial scared the fuck out of me is because now I fell asleep watching TV. I was, my, my brother and sister were home with me. So I, I've told this before on, on, the, on the show. My parents used to go bowling every Saturday night, so we would be in the care of my sister who would go in her room and listen to music. And the rest of us, like me and my brother, would just watch bad movies. Well, my brother, he went to bed. I was passed out on the couch. I woke up. The television was still on. And it was during the flashback. Oh, my God. So all I saw was I heard, like, it was the scene where you hear all the noise, like something's being built. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy goes downstairs in the basement. And then the weird buzzsaw monstrosity cuts oh, him in half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sitting there going, what the fuck did I want? Like, what is this? Like, it freaked me out. Because you just see the feet. Yeah. Fall. 
But then, like, a scene later, I'm seeing Belial, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> so I was, like, seven or so, seven or eight when I saw, like, part of this film. So Belial scared the shit out of me. Um, and then, of course, when Boglins were a thing, all I could think of is Basket Case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I eventually saw the movie in its entirety a little bit later. I was actually living on uh, 3rd Avenue by that point, so it was after I was 11. But... Um, I didn't, uh, I had no idea what this movie was for the longest time. It was one of those wake up in the middle of the night and watch it to the end on Showtime and just be very confused. But I, I love this film. I love the, the look of Belial. It's so insane. Um, this is, I can't think of, of many other movies, modern movies that do this, except for maybe Tusk. There was this spat in the 80s of just rubber monster movies where it didn't matter that you could still see like the flashing on the side of the prosthetics. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. It didn't matter. It was just like make a cheap rubber monster movie and just you sell it because everybody involved is acting like this is a real thing. So, but yeah, like you don't, you don't see that type of monster movie anymore and I fucking miss it. So it was, it was a breath of fresh air when we got Tusk. Um, I really like that movie, too. Oh, me too. And I'm very excited for Tusk 2. I can't believe they're making a sequel to that. <laughs> um, but Kevin Smith's, uh, was it, five-movie plan that he has? Yep. Where he's doing uh, Twilight of the Mallrats. Um, what is it? Twilight of the Mallrats? There's a new movie he's doing about a movie theater because he bought a movie theater, so he has it now. Um, oh, we got our first of probably many cat interruptions. <laughs> Rufus is climbing on the table. He's going to stare at Maurice awkwardly. <laughs> this cat, I swear to God, this cat loves you, dude. Um, I'm gonna take him home with me. He's just, he's like, I'm gonna lay over here right in front of Maurice. Um, but yeah, he's doing the, so the theater movie, he's doing Twilight of the Mall Rats, um, Jay and Silent Bob 3. He's doing, doing mm-hmm. the, the trilogy of that. Then he's finally doing Moose Jaws, which I cannot wait for, and Tusk 2. Do you smell my cat? <laughs> Stop sniffing his pussy. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's get into the cast here. So there's not a lot of people that I wrote down. I just wrote down the main players. We have Dwayne Bradley, played by Kevin Van... What is that? Hendrick? I, I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, already listed his, uh, his credits earlier, but the sequels to this, Brain Damage and Dry Bones. Then we have Sharon, played by Terry Susan Smith. She was in this and a show called Sundays. And then we have Casey, played by Beverly Bonner. She was in Basket Case 2 and 3, Brain Damage, and Frankenhooker. Uh, everyone else that was in this is either just in this or, like, a handful of short films. Um, so pretty much nobody was, like, truly an actor that was involved in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it was surprised. made for, like, $35,000. Yes. So. Well, and that's the thing. In the trivia, the, the wad of cash that Dwayne has, mm-hmm. that was the movie's budget. Like, they actually, that was, mm-hmm. that wad of cash was, was uh, Hennenlotter's budget. And they really killed O'Donovan because he tried to steal it. <laughs> they, really, they were like, you motherfucker. That's why he isn't in anything else. <laughs> Fuck you, O'Donovan. But, so, the plot for anyone who hasn't seen this is a young man and his extremely deformed, formerly conjoined twin brother <laughs> seek revenge on the doctors who separated them against their will. So, we open with a man leaving a secluded house at night. Suddenly, he hears a rustling and growling in the bushes nearby. And hey, who's there? <laughs> well, he didn't... He, when he first heard the rustling, he was like, what? Who's that? Then he heard the growling. He's like, fuck that. And he ran back to his house. Which, I can't really blame him. If I heard growling coming out of the bushes, I'd be out too. 
Uh, but he calls the police looking for help. We find out that this is Dr. Lifflander. That'll be important a little later. He hears someone on the roof or something, and he does that thing that you do in movies that nobody does in real life where you hear a noise and you look at the area that the noise is coming from and then you slowly look at the other area. Yeah. Like, who does that? <laughs> so he deserved to die, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, <laughs> of course. Just for that. Of course. Not for crimes against humanity. <laughs> I love how we see the shadow of someone cutting, quote-unquote, the phone line when it literally just looks like a laundry line mm-hmm. on a hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just see a hand be like, ping, and just knock it and off. And he calls the police. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, hold on. Right. <laughs> he's looking around. And, of course, he does the click, 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 click thing that everybody does in a movie. In movies, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> what do you <laughs> want? <laughs> but... <laughs> So Livlander rushes around the house attempting to lock up. I love that he closes the blinds. So he's like locking the windows and he's like, Close. People do that in movies too. <laughs> if I close the curtains and turn off the lights. They won't know I'm here. They'll think that it's a mistake. <laughs> Even though they just saw me and heard me screaming. <laughs> but he then goes to get his gun. Someone cuts the power. And I love Livlander. Lifflander's reaction. He's like, oh, God, no, no, oh, God. Like, he's just so dramatic. That's like everyone overacts in this movie. <laughs> they really do. But we, we hear a growling. Lifflander fires several times at someone off camera, then falls backward against the wall. We see a monster hand reach up into frame, grab his face, yank him off screen while we hear screaming. He then pops back into frame and his face is shredded and lips are torn off. Because that's enough to kill you, apparently. <laughs> oh, no, no, because... Oh, wait, no, that's the other guy. Never mind. I'm yeah, mixed yeah. up. He screams. We hear blood splatter on... Or we see blood splatter on some nearby files. And then smash cut to New York City, where we meet Dwayne and his basket. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne always looks like someone has stuck their thumb in his bum. And he's like... <laughs> Perpetually surprised and wide-eyed, like, a whole new world. I think that's what the movie should have been called. Dwayne in his basket. Dwayne in his basket. I thought you were going to say thumb in the bum. <laughs> that would have been the main plot point. Oh, Dwayne in his basket part two, thumb in the bum. Now this, I had to write down the entire thing. Oh, jeez. The drug, oh. drug deal. Oh, my God. I See, left. I was going to write it down, but I was like, no, you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking funny, though. Isn't it great, though, that we can be lazy because we know Mike is going to pause <laughs> and write it down uh, I, I saw the scene. I was like, I'm not writing all this fucking down because I know Mike's going to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, because this guy walks up to him. He goes, smokes. I got joints and bags, nickel and dime bags, gold Columbia smoke. I got acid. Blotters, rainbows, window panes. What the fuck's a window pane? I think it's like cocaine or something. Like it's a, a type of cocaine. Never like heard glass. Of it. Window pane. Window glass. Window pane. He goes speed downs. Second all Valium, <laughs> mesaline, THC. He goes. I've got some good cocaine. Quaaludes, beauties, methagrine, cheap Panama red, angel dust. Check it out, man. Tranquilizers, Anabuse, lithium, tie sticks, methadone, red rock, junk, morphine. What you want? You want some girls? I got some nice girls. Hey, what the fuck is wrong with you anyway, man? <laughs> I laughed so damn hard at that when he goes... It's LSD. Is it? Oh, LSD window panes. Okay, never heard of that. Huh. Learn something new. But yeah, Look at we... that. You get educated. 
When he's like, he's, I love how he just transitions immediately. Because he's like, what can I sell you? What can I get for you? Hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's just so instant. And he just like stands under, he's standing under the awning of like, isn't it like a. Like a porn theater? Yeah, like a titty place. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll get the next, next guy. <laughs> And Dwayne never changes expression the whole time. He's just no, walking there with the big white eyes. he's got a thumb in his bum. <laughs> he's like, I don't need nothing else. I'm good. <laughs> Belial has his hand down his pants. <laughs> he's giving him a little reach around. Yep. Uh, a little prostate so, exam. I don't know. His fingers are pretty stubby. <laughs> We're thinking. That's why he's so wide-eyed. <laughs> oh, it's the girth. A whole new world. <laughs> Oh, we're looking too much into this. <laughs> but Come on. Jason Voorhees sang from The Little Mermaid. This is true. This is true. And we will have more Jason soon. But, uh... Foreshadow. <laughs> Dwayne makes his way to, to the Hotel Broslin, where he where we meet a bunch of Hen and Lauder's colorful background characters, including the amazing hotel manager, who's just fucking hilarious throughout this entire film. $20. How long are you going to stay? <laughs> I don't know. You need it for an hour, a day, a week, a couple days. What you need? A couple days. And I love the sign behind him. Checkout is at, or it does say checkout or payment. Pa- payment by noon. Payment by noon. Not 1230, not 1205, <laughs> noon. And then he's got like nudie photos behind yeah. him. Yeah. But I love, it's, you got O'Donovan and some other little like weaselly dude with glasses. And they're talking about someone who committed suicide by cab. He's like, hey, he held a cab, and then he jumped in front of it. And the other guy goes, company. Okay, <laughs> the way that you're explaining this is making me think of coming to America. When <laughs> he mean, goes into the barber it shop, it really is like, it's that kind of cast of characters. It really is. Oh, my God. I need the 20 bucks. <laughs> so then he takes... Oh, the wad of cash. Takes the wad of cash out, and O'Donovan's eyes turned into... It's like the, the large mart. Oh, or no. The, oh, woo. Yeah, the Looney Tunes wolf. You yeah. Know, where the eyes like. So he jerks off to money and not women. Well, I think he does a little of both because mm. we see O'Donovan's room later and it's just filled with oh, hustler yeah. pictures. But, uh. But yeah. Just cover your ears. This is not for little puss puss. <laughs> but yeah, so Dwayne pays for his room. And I love it because, like you said, O'Donovan takes notice of his, <clears throat> of his money. And as soon as Dwayne walks away, he goes to the hotel manager, did you see that? He's loaded. And he goes, so are you. Sit down. Oh, my God. I love this part because then Dwayne starts walking up the stairs where we meet Josephine. Oh, she's fucking nuts. And I love it because I'm going to paraphrase what Mike is going to explain. <laughs> she's like, hello. Are you new here? I'm Josephine. And then she, like, walks him up the stairs, tells him a story about the supposed rich old lady mm-hmm. who lived in his room forever. And then she, like... Locks arms with him like he's escorting her, gets to the third floor, and then she just turns around. And it reminds me of, like, every high school musical or play I was ever in. Because she's, like, walking down. You can tell that she's, like, looking at the stairs, which I do that. And I count the stairs Mm -hmm. because I have a fear of falling. But she keeps, like, turning around. And then it's, like, she's going off camera or, like, off stage. And she's just, like... Ta-da! Like she makes this like dramatic, <laughs> like I expect her to wave her arms like, like Ethel Merman. <laughs> Goodbye. I love Josephine. She's so fucking nuts. Josephine is hilarious. I had to scream in. <laughs> it's in here. 
We did forget to mention the first of many times when he's first checking in, we get the, what's in the basket? And he goes, laundry. <laughs> With his wide eyes. With his wide eyes. <laughs> but yeah, so Dwayne heads up to his room. Yeah, we meet Josephine, like you said. Um, and then on his way uh, on his way to his room, we meet Casey for the first time, the hooker with the heart of gold, living in the room next to his. She gives him a smile and a little wink before taking her John into the room. Dwayne gets in his room, tells the basket, we're here, and then heads out for burgers. He comes back, unlocks the basket, and begins talking to whatever is inside and feeds it a shitload of hamburgers. I, I love, love the... Go ahead. The sound, the sound effects? The sound effects and the fact that at first he's unwrapping the burgers yeah. and throwing them in the basket and then you hear the burp and he's like, you're done already? And then he just takes the bag and dumps them foil wrapped in all. <laughs> I think it's probably because they couldn't afford more burgers so they probably just made little foil burgers. Pretty much, yeah. I think I like to I mean, there was they, what? There was like 20 burgers there. They, <laughs> really took, they made like little mud patties. <laughs> and wrapped them up in tin foil. But I love the sound effects of Belial eating because uh-huh. it's just, it's so absurdly cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. Rufus is like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sit in this chair here. Nope, oh, no, back. maybe not. Fooled you. He's like, I'm going to lay over here by the paper towels. Mm. <laughs> He's showing Maurice's butt. <laughs> that means he trusts me. It actually does, yeah. Dwayne then pulls out the giant blood-stained file folder from the bag uh, it's the one that we saw at Lifflander's house, and begins going through it. He finds a file with a name on it, and two, or with his name on it, and two other doctors who helped Lifflander with Dwayne uh, Dwayne's surgery. So it's doctors Needleman and Cutter. Needleman and Cutter. Every time, how original, they, right? <laughs> every time they talk about Lifflander, mm-hmm. I hear um, in the Three Amigos, little ne- little Nettie Needlelander, <laughs> <laughs> and I picture Martin Short as that character. Yes. But you know the funny thing is, like, like you said, yeah, Needleman and Cutter. It is very original because Needleman is the one who uses the needle in the surgery, and, and Cutter Cutter's is the, the one, one who that, cuts. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, that's silly. Um, <laughs> silly goose. <laughs> he then looks them up in a phone book, and I wrote here, "Yes, kids, that old archaic tome of numbers and addresses. We don't have those anymore." No. Nope. But he doesn't find Cutter listed, and decides that Needleman must have her number. He then happily eats his burger and goes to sleep. A little while later, Dwayne wakes up and begins having a one-sided conversation with the thing in the basket. We learn here that whatever it is can communicate with him telepathically. Dwayne is rather annoyed and just wants to go back to sleep, saying they need to be up early. Now, as cheesy as this movie is, I have to give Kevin props for being able to carry these scenes. Because the dude's clearly not an actor. And he's able to have these conversations with nobody yeah. and, and at least let the audience understand what's happening. Right. I so. told you before, stop. It's 3.30 in the morning. Are you going to pace the floor all night? For Christ's <laughs> sakes, just shut up and let me do some, get some sleep. <laughs> yep. And then I love it because that pillow is like so nasty. Like, oh, and flat. You want to talk about bed bugs? Yeah. I think that's all that was in that pillowcase was bed bugs. <laughs> bed bugs and dead skin cells and mm-hmm. microbes. <laughs> Microbe oh. from Joseph, or no, the old lady who was rich. It's filled with money. That's what yeah. <laughs> oh, Scrooge McDuck. Oh, but, but he like fluffes, fluffes, fluffs that pillow, mm-hmm. and it's almost like I, you can hear like the dead crunching, crunching inside <laughs> of it. Those aren't feathers, kids. We also unfortunately have a scene where because we transitioned to morning. 
and we do a pan by the city and we get the Twin Towers shot. Yeah. And every time I see that now in an 80s movie, I'm like, oh. It like it, You get it. Yeah. You it's get the that, little... That little twinge. Yeah. But the next day, O'Donovan is sneaking around outside Dwayne's room, peeping in the keyhole. Casey catches him and threatens to turn him in, causing him to scamper off back to his room like a little weasel. To jerk off and drink. <laughs> she then knocks on Dwayne's door and warns him about O'Donovan and introduces herself. Dwayne and his basket then head off to Dr. Needleman's office where we meet Sharon, the love interest, Needleman's secretary. Doesn't it look like she's wearing a wig? She is. She actually is. Oh. That's actually... I didn't know that. Yeah. No, she, she's actually bald. So... She has alopecia? I don't know. But in the credits it says that she was bald and wearing a wig throughout the entire movie. Or in the trivia, I mean. Huh. So, <laughs> to- totally is a, is a wig. Wait... Maybe it's a wig, but come on, trivia. I heard Sylvester Stallone was originally going to play Belial. To be fair, he did audition. For, this was during the Italian Stallion days. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I could do the voice. I could do the voice and I could eat the hamburgers. <laughs> I'll do the movie just for the hamburgers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, where uh, are we at? I'm already getting yep, a half hour in, and I'm already starting to... Snort. Snort, seize, seize. Oh, shit. But we we also get another random background character bitching about getting the wrong prescription. And I was allergic to it. How did he not know I wasn't allergic to it? He could have killed me. I love what she goes, well, you tell the doctor all this. And she grabs, like, her 80 bags and just shuffles off to see the doctor. So Sharon thinks Dwayne is the repairman and starts blathering out about how the typewriter sounds like a mouse trapped inside. Oh my god! And she goes, she tries to make this. I don't even think I can do it. And she does the thing with her teeth too. Oh, it's it's total. I like cheese dialogue, but damn it, is it fun? Yeah. So he explains that he's like, I'm an old friend of the doctor's with his wide (laughs) eyes. What's your name, Dwayne? He goes, Dwayne Bradley. But, but, but don't, don't put tell that. Him that. Put what Smith. Smith. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> I want to surprise him. Oh, I but, like that. Why does Dwayne talk like Sylvester Stallone all of a sudden? <laughs> I want to surprise him. I want to surprise him. But I, I love this scene how Sharon starts making small talk with him. And we we get the what's in the basket line, of course. Easter eggs. That. Yeah, she goes, what's in the basket? Easter eggs. And he just smiles like, nope. But she then asks him if, if it's his first time in New York, and he tells her it is. She asks him if he's visited the Statue of Liberty yet, and he tells her he hasn't had time. And I love her reaction because she gets so pissed. And then she's like, "The world, the twin, the top, ta- yeah, the towers, the towers, Radio City Music Hall, Staten, not Staten Island. There was something, uh, something Chinese. Like there was all these different places, Chinatown, all <laughs> these different places. And she's like, "Have you had time for them?" Like she gets so angry. And he's like, it's not that I don't want to see him. I just have no one to show me around. And then she immediately switches to flirting with him. She's like, oh, well, I work until 7. <laughs> he's like, I, I can't tonight. Well, that's coming up. That's oh, yeah, coming that's up. right, that's right. So he goes to talk to Needleman, who is shoveling chicken in his face. Now, what is it with low-budget horror movies, especially trauma and Henenlotter movies? It's cheap. Where, but, yeah, but it's like, is it just a cheap gross-out? Like, what? Because it's always someone eating... 
very disgustingly. It's probably like fried chicken, so it's all greasy and... Yeah, but it's like he was just shoving in like yeah. both hands, like well, shoving think, his fingers in his mouth. I think they were mouth. just saying like, because he's a doctor, he doesn't have time to eat, so he has to like shove it in. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> Be- shove it in. Between the bag lady that he saw before. Yeah. And shove it in. And the psycho in. that's going to be in there now. <laughs> right. Ever, let's, let's be honest. Everything about this movie makes me want to get a tetanus and a hepatitis. <laughs> it's very a grimy. Shot and another set of hep vaccines. <laughs> yeah, it's and then, again, that's that's a that's a Hen and Lauder any and, and a tro- uh, trauma trademark yeah. where it's just like everything feels kind of grimy, sticky. And you know what I think it is? It's because I don't think they're because they're, they're not using sets. Right, they're actually out there filming in low budget shitty areas of right. the world. So. Mm-hmm. But, so Dwayne tells him that he's been having chest pains, and the doc asks him to take his shirt off so he can have a look at him. Dwayne does, and we reveal the huge scar down his right side. The doctor looks horrified, and Dwayne just smiles at him. Now we cut to Dwayne leaving, leaving the office and coming back into the waiting room, where Sharon again tells him that she gets out at 7. I love it. She goes, hint, hint. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't tonight. And then he runs and sets the basket down in the corner. And she's like, oh, you can't blame me for not, or you can't say I didn't try. Mm-hmm. And then he runs over and asks, you know, what her phone number and address is. And she, he's like whispering it. She writes it down and she goes, why are we whispering? He goes, I don't want him to hear. She goes, who, the doctor? <laughs> like, she gets so pissed. She's like, he doesn't have office hours on Wednesday, so I'm free all day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you guys can't see it, but I just did the, you know, stick your tongue in the side of your mouth and it'll look like a boner. The old in pantomime there. and the BJ. Yep. <laughs> uh, but we cut to Needleman looking extremely worried. He goes through a stack of, of missed messages and sees one from Dr. Lifflander and tries to return the call. Smash cut to Dwayne at the movies. He's slowly nodding off as some creep watches him. As, oh, God. At first that I, is a porn theater. I'm sorry. <laughs> It totally is, but they it was like Kung Fu. it was like bring your family to the porn theater day for good wholesome entertainment because that guy was definitely beating off to the kung fu. Oh yeah, you know honestly, at first I thought he was the guy who played Jeffrey in Frankenhooker. Like I was looking oh at my him, going, God, yeah. he looks so much. It's, it's totally not, but he yeah. looked just like him. Um, but as soon as Dwayne passes out, the creep, the creep grabs the basket and runs off to the bathroom and kicks it open. He, o- he opens it up and then screams, even though we still can't see what's in there. Because we get the POV mm-hmm. yeah. shot from the basket out to him. Yep. So Dwayne wakes up and comes running. The thief runs past him, clutching his bloody face. Mm-hmm. And then goes into the bathroom and we see, the, again, the POV shot from the basket where Dwayne is telling him, uh, not now, save it. And then closes the basket and they leave. Save what? Your rage? Yes. Despite all my rage, <laughs> I'm just a face in a cage. <laughs> Just a squashed octopus in a basket. Oh, God. (laughs) Cut to Dwayne returning to Needleman's office at night. Now, I have some questions here. The way they set this scene up, Needleman is in his office in the dark, still on the phone with it ringing. So are they trying to imply that for the the last, like, two and a half hours, Needleman has just been waiting for Lifflander to pick up the phone? Yeah. Because it was like daytime and Dwayne saw an entire movie. I have a question because I honestly, I, no one has ever cut my phone line when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you think that it wouldn't be ringing? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be like a the busy phone is not in service? Or, yeah. Or, yeah, that's, that's what, what I would think. If you that's need what help, it would be, yeah. if you yeah. need help, 
hang up and dial your operator. No, it would just be the the busy signal. Yeah, yeah. The meh, meh, meh. Yeah, no, it didn't. It, none of this scene makes sense. But Needleman looks up Cutter's number in his Rolodex and calls her. This scene. Oh, what is the purpose of this setup? Every woman in a Hen and Lotter movie is aggressive as fuck. And that that boy, let's let's call a spade a spade. He is like barely old enough. He's barely legal. Yeah. And she's forcing him to drink. He's like, no. She's like, I like you when you're drunk. <laughs> wow. He's like, I like you when you're drunk and slobbery. It's cute. Yes. I was like, oh boy. But uh, she answers Needleman's call. I love how she walks to get the phone. Because, like, you can tell that dress is extremely uncomfortable and, like, mm-hmm. doesn't fit her shoulders properly. Because she's, like, all hunched over, like, thump, thump, thump. That just... <laughs> like a fucking Frankenstein over the phone. Like she's about to shit herself. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe she was. I don't know. Which is... <laughs> funny, funny side note. When I was leaving work today, I was walking out with my two co-workers... And um, we were talking about the use of, like, because most stores have, like, the button you press so Mm -hmm. it opens if anyone has, you know, isn't able to open the door themselves. Right. And then I told this story about how I have this, I, listeners, you heard it here first. I have this gigantic fear of falling on ice because I'm old and my extended warranty is expired. (laughs) Yep. So when I worked at my previous job... Whenever we were in the office and it was, like, slippery in the parking lot and I couldn't get a real close spot, I would walk and I said, like, I was about to shit my pants <laughs> the whole time thinking as people were walking in front of me, please don't hold the door, just walk in, don't stand there and watch I'm me not, walk I'm in. not moving quick. I'm not moving quick. I don't want you to see and be like, someone's coming into work today and I think she shat her pants in the parking lot. <laughs> see, no matter how many times I fall, like, even when it hurts, I can't help myself but laugh. Like, there's something about people falling that always makes me laugh. Like, even mm. if I'm worried about the person, I can't stop laughing. And I, it happens when I fall myself. There was a time a couple years back when I first got uh, first got into work on the overnight. It was super slick in the parking ramp. And, you know, the parking ramp, the, they're you know, on an angle. <laughs> so I get out of my car. I got my backpack. I, oh my got, God. I got my coffee cup, my bag with my lunch in it. I take two steps around my car, my feet go out from under me, my coffee cup goes flying, my bag goes one way, spilling art supplies everywhere. I'm picturing you like going like it's like it's cool runnings, yeah. and then you like end up on 10th Street at the, the main entrance of the hospital. The funny thing is, I, I mean, I hit, I hit hard, like, and I was sliding down, like it was like a little sled. I slid a few feet, and I'm just giggling like a fucking lunatic. Oh and my god, no. If no. anyone had seen me, they would have thought, like, that boy is fucking crazy. Because I just threw my stuff everywhere and laid there on the ground laughing. <laughs> like, every time, I can't help it. I mean, I slipped on ice when I was much... Uh, it was probably 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Drunk, crossing um, Elmwood at Allen. Oh boy. And then I, I thought it was really funny, so my friend at the time and I just laid in the intersection cackling. <laughs> and I, we just kept saying, we gotta get up, we're gonna get hit by a car. But here I am today, folks. See, now I have to tell a story about how horrible I am. Um, there was one fall that I really, I feel bad about laughing as hard as I did. But when you first come out of the hospital on 10th Street, 
across the street, you can see the stairwell leading to the parking ramp. Mm -hmm. Now, you can only see the person from about, like, I would say mid-arm up. Because there's a big concrete, like, wall Mm -hmm. blocking the stairs. This little old lady at the top of the stairs. It was because of the sound that came out of her. Like, I, all I heard, like, I just glanced over and I heard, ah, and she just disappeared. And then I just see feet at the bottom of, and I started fucking cackling. Thank God there were other people to help her because I ran away. And you know what? <laughs> Jesus. <yeah. laughs> oh my God. But yeah, oh, if will... that doesn't get you a special place in hell, I don't know what will. I will never forget that. Just remember, what goes around comes around, bitch. (laughs) See, but the sad thing is, if that was me, I'd be laughing too. When you're a little old lady, (laughs) and you fall. (laughs) Oh, Lord Where were we? Anyway, Needleman's office. Oh, yes. Uh, Or no, Dr. Cutter talking to him on the phone. So... We find out uh, that Dwayne is from the same town as Liftlander, which is Glens Falls, and uh, he told Needleman that Liftlander is dead. Cutter and Needleman helped Liftlander with the operation on the boy in Glens Falls about 20 years prior, so Needleman thinks it's the same kid. And she's like, look here, you see? I love you, because she goes, listen to me and listen good. Neither of us know any Dr. Liftlander, and we've never been to Glens Falls. <laughs> now one of us wants to get back to her dinner. And her drunk, slobbering boy. <laughs> and then when she sits, like, she hangs up on him and sits down. She goes, now where were we, cuddles? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was definitely an I like cheese filler scene. Like, the movie's oh, only, yeah. what, an hour and 31 minutes? Mm-hmm. And probably it's less than an hour and 31 minutes. Let's take out the credits. Right. It was put in there to be like, all right, we don't want this to be just like an hour-long special episode. <laughs> exactly. But we cut back to Needleman uh, in his office looking scared. We see Sharon leave for the night. Dwayne sneaks in and mutters to the basket. She just left. He's in there alone. Dwayne dumps an asthmatic on the floor. Because, <laughs> like, we don't see what he dumps up, but we hear, ah, ah. Like, what the fuck is going on? So, we're going to find out later mm-hmm. that they didn't share organs. Nope. Just tissue. Mm-hmm. And we'll we get to see what they looked like as as young strapping lads. <laughs> yep. So he's a squashed octopus. Essentially, he's really just a head with arms. He he's like a bundle of organs and bones. Like look, he looks. Oh, that's what Timmy looks like. It, yes, Timmy is basically Belial. <laughs> that's right. Oh, poor Timmy. <laughs> well, no, Timmy doesn't have bones. So oh, that's right. Timmy's just a bundle of organs. But Belial, we see bones because we see him, like, jutting up out of his back and stuff. Like, we see, like, a weird twisted spinal column. And he does have a boner. Yeah. Yeah, we find that out, too. But, no, he, he looks like a face on a sack of bones and organs with arms. <laughs> it's just weird. But Oh, my side is starting <laughs> to hurt from laughing. So he dumps the asthmatic on the floor and goes... Hurry up, and don't forget the address book. And then Dwayne runs outside. And we get this great POV shot of something coming up to the office door, reaching up one rubbery hand and grabbing the doorknob. And I love how his fingers bend, because they're made out of rubber. And they look like toes. <laughs> oh, it's great. They look like fungal toenail <laughs> finger toes. Inside, Needleman hears some noise and goes to investigate. 
He finds the door has been pulled off its hinges and retreats back into his office and barricades the door. He then hears something in the room with him. He goes over to the examination room in the office and turns the lights on. This is where we first get our look at Belial, the monster of the movie. I love this because he's just clinging to the wall like someone Velcroed in there. No, remember those things when we were kids? Wacky wall walkers? Yeah. (laughs) Belial is a wacky wall walker. (laughs) He totally is. Oh my god, I love it. But he basically, I put here, he looks like chewed gum with a face. He kind of does. <laughs> ah, we broke her. Oh, oh, shit. I think I need an appendectomy from laughing. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't wear makeup today. Oh, but I love, I love this because he's just mm-hmm. clinging to the wall sideways and Needlebit starts screaming. Sliding down like a wacky wall walker. <laughs> and then it just, <coughs> Belial jumps on him and I love the actor playing Needleman just kind of holds the monster on him and runs around the room screaming. And Belial shreds his face and tears him in half. How much gum do you think had to be chewed to make that? Well, that's a lot of trident. That's. <laughs> I'm not saying trident. He looks more like a hubba like bubba. a hubba bubba. <laughs> It's like. Oh my god! Hubba bubba nightmare from from Mighty Boosh. <laughs> oh my god! I haven't thought of that. Oh years. my god! Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen the Mighty Boosh, you need to watch it. There is an episode with a hubba bubba nightmare. And listeners, we're going to start a GoFundMe because I really think that I burst my appendix laughing. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, he, when he tears him in half, it's funny because we don't see, like, we see him shred his face once again off camera and he comes back into camera, bloody face. But then we see him grab the guy's stomach and just squeeze it. And he starts screaming and then we cut back and the dude's in half, like he's in two pieces mm-hmm. now. And Belial is just in the window screaming at the night. And, like, that freaks me out a little bit. But First of all... What kind of what kind of like exercise regimen did he have to make him so incredibly strong? Like what kind of finger toe finger exercises did he do? We need we need like a Rocky Four style montage of Belial training to Oh my god. You need Oh my god, you need to draw this. Have him doing like little finger push-ups. Wait, what was the other Oh my god, what was the other movie we recently did? Where we were all like, and the training part, oh, behind the mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The training montage. We need one of those with Belial. Oh, my oh. God. Someone needs to make like a fan, like a fan, like <laughs> mash them together. Yes. Belial and what? <laughs> training together. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. So he, he runs off into the night. And Belial meets Dwayne down in the alleyway behind the building, gives him the address book so they can find Cutter. Dwayne puts Belial back in the basket and they take off. So this is where Act 1 ends. What are you guys thinking at this point? I think that I've made my intentions <laughs> clear. <laughs> what about you there, Maurice? Very interesting and entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. I, I personally, at this point in the movie, I'm just loving the wacky cast of characters. Every Hen and Lauder film is just filled 
with these interesting, insane background characters. We talked a lot about that on Frankenhooker. Mm-hmm. Like, just how many weirdos there are in these movies, and I love it. But overall, I'm having a blast at this point. I'm loving it, too. And if anyone wants to do, like, a DJ Cumberbun video-type mashup in that <laughs> style, you should have physical by the late, great Olivia Newton-John playing in the background while they're training. <laughs> yes. It would oh my god, can you be, let's get physical, physical. <laughs> he's a little hand push-up. Oh, and he's got this tiny little, except, <laughs> he's got this tiny little broom that's like across. Like, it's like two chairs, doing chin-ups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lifted himself two feet off the ground. How does oh. he poop? He ate all those hamburgers. Well, that's the thing, I, I, we'll, we'll get to this later, but okay. I, I, have a, I have a question, like, are all, like, is his butt and junk, like, kind of tucked up under him? Because there are the, this is going to be fucked up, but there are those people that have just, like, no lower half. And they still have genitalia and a butt and all that, but it's just, like, kind of under them. So, that is an actual deformity that happens. And so I'm curious if that's how they, they planned it. But anywho, act two. <laughs> The next day back at the hotel, Dwayne feeds Belial some hot dogs and gives him a TV, telling him that he should stay put while Dwayne goes out to Scout Cutter's apartment. It'll be real boring. I love how he quickly scurries off and he's like, if you get bored of watching TV, there's a newspaper. Bye! And he doesn't even leave anything on. It's fucking static. And Belial goes to turn the channel and the knob breaks off and he just looks at it like, this motherfucker right here. It's not even static. It's like when you were young and you wanted to watch scrambled movies on pay-per-view. <laughs> it's like every once in a while you catch a word or yeah. something. So Dwayne goes out to meet Sharon. And we get this happy little scene out by the Statue of Liberty. Oh, her frown. It looks like a fucking Mentos commercial. Well, the funny thing is they didn't have permits to record there. So they just freaking recorded there and figured by the time they told them to, to leave, they'd already have the footage they needed. There's a lot of old movies that in New York that filmed like that. Like, I know Maniac, they had some scenes mm-hmm. like that in it. But, uh, Dwayne go- or like I said, Dwayne, you know, and Sharon are at the Statue of Liberty. And uh, we, we get this little scene where Dwayne admits that he doesn't actually want to see the city. He just went along with it because he wanted to see Sharon. And she's like, Me too! You silly goose, I only went along with it because I wanted to see you. Now carry me because my feet hurt. <laughs> Fucking dumb bitch. I love how she's like... I know a lot of guys, Dwayne, but you're different. Mm-hmm. Don't they have girls upstate? And I'm like, no, guys just spring out of the ground like fucking dwarves. What kind of question is that? Like, seriously, don't they have girls? <laughs> and she's like, I get around, his, Dwayne. Thumb of his butt. <laughs> That's like, where boys come from. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> They start making out, and then we smash cut to Belial in the apartment. He pops up out of the basket and starts screaming and being trashed. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and starts trashing. This entire scene is fucking fantastic. Because we get, it's a stop motion temper tantrum. <laughs> it literally is. It's a stop motion temper tantrum. He's like, going, like, flinging furniture and, like... I like when he opens the file of papers and just throws the papers up in the air. (laughs) It's so, of course, all of the residents of the, uh, including Josephine. uh, Yep. All of the residents of the hotel come running up to the door and we hear all the screaming inside and Josephine's over there like, it's in here, guys. It's over here. I was the first one here. (laughs) 
But I love the old black man with the broom. He's my favorite. Because the other black guys are standing behind him going, go on. He's like, I'll go. I'm going. Hold on. Like, like he's got to get his courage up. And it's a push broom. I love the look on his face. He's so fucking funny. But the manager gets there and, get you know. Oh, and then there's there's the guy who is cle- he is clearly a pedophile. Which one is it? The one who has the friar tuck. <laughs> the guy who's like, I'm trying to get some sleep. And he's wearing like a, it, that's a pink nightie, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's some Lucille Ball pajamas right there. <laughs> it really is. But he's just like, he's creepy, extra sticky. <laughs> that's a good way to describe half of the people in this. But the manager come, ru- comes running and unlocks the door, just as Belial hides back in the basket. The folks look around the trashed room, wondering what could have happened, O'Donovan notices the pile of cash on the floor. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the manager gets everyone out of the room and locks it back up. He's like, all right, everybody go back to your rooms. There is nothing to see here. But I love this sequence because he goes to the guy who got who was like, I'm trying to get some sleep, the pedophile guy. Yes. He claps him on the back and goes, listen, uh, if this should happen again, I, I don't know. What do I know? I just run the place. Nobody tells me anything. I don't know. And I'm like, did he forget his line? Like. What happened there? Because <laughs> he locks the door, and then O'Donovan's like, "I'm, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, gonna go lay down. I'm gonna go lie down in my room because they're after me, Lucky Charms." <laughs> and he has such a stereotypical Irish name, which oh, we'll yeah. find out in a few moments. But he waits for like he doesn't even go up the stairs. Yeah, and there are people going up and down the stairs, and then the hallway clears, and then you see O'Donovan like peek around like. He does the Scooby Doo creep, like he's yes. like, doo, 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 like creeping toward the door. Like if I if I creep and don't make a sound, no one will see me. No one will see me bust out the bobby pin and break into the room. Oh my god! I love how everyone in eighties movies knows how to use a bobby pin to unlock a lock. So here's a fun a fun story about a young Sue's. I watched a lot of Scooby Doo mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And it was always like Daphne had a bobby pin. Mm-hmm. So I remember like my grandma said she would lock the door, like the bedroom door or something. And I would stand there with the bobby pin and just jiggle it. And I'd be like, I did it! I unlocked the door! <laughs> and then I got older and realized that you really can't use a bobby pin to no. jimmy a lock open. That's... And then I played Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. And, you know... You need a special lock pick. Yep. And well, you need the bobby pin and a lock pick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Good thing bobby pins didn't, you know. Disappear little... in the war. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this because uh, Donovan, uh, O'Donovan breaks into the room and uh, he grabs the buddy off the floor and then decides to peek in the basket. That was his downfall. <laughs> Belial leaps He's on... like, I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that meddling bubblegum with a face. <laughs> Belial leaps out and latches onto him, and we get a smash cut to Dwayne looking like he's in pain. He feels Belial attacking Donovan. Or O'Donovan. Dwayne rushes off, headed home, and Sharon runs after him. We see O'Donovan stumble back into his room, screaming, screaming with Belial still attached to his face. As the rest of the tenants and the manager come running. Again. <laughs> yep. They get to O'Donovan's room, find him ripped to shreds, blood everywhere, and the window open. Um, now, we do see O'Donovan's room, and the one wall is literally just plastered in, like, mag- like dirty magazine photos. And what do you think made him stick? Ah, uh, They're a little crusty. <clears throat> but 
slowly. Well, when they get crusty and start to peel, you just got to put some more. More shellac on them? Yeah. <laughs> put some more Mod Podge. Oh. Oh, that's icky. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, Mod Podge. So his whole room smells like bleach and pennies? <laughs> Pretty much. That's why the window was open. <laughs> it was a nice day. He wanted to air it out. <laughs> but slowly behind the crowd, we see Dwayne's room closing. Uh, cut, cut to Dwayne and Sharon showing up at the hotel. Dwayne finds O'Donovan or finds out O'Donovan is dead, and he starts yelling at Sharon to leave, and going, I don't want him to kill you too! He then shoves her outside and runs up the stairs. On his way to his room, he passes a cop, questioning some of the residents. And then they, you get fucking lethal weapon. <laughs> they, they follow him up there to question him. <laughs> I love this whole sequence. Because, like, they follow up and they're like, they're like, we gone for long? Who are you with? <laughs> Can you back that up? What's in the basket? <laughs> like, it's just all these questions. Asking the guy who wasn't there. Right. Like, you should be questioning people like who were there. Like, you just, they just saw him Yeah, they saw the him building. running. And they're like, oh, you're suspicious. But uh, I love it because he's like, what's in the basket? And Dwayne's like, um, um, um. And then he opens the basket and he goes, nothing? <laughs> like, this giant surprise, like, Scooby-Doo sound. <laughs> he was like, nothing? <laughs> but they leave and Belial pops out of the toilet. That is so fucking disgusting. Because you know that toilet hasn't been cleaned in like a millennia. Well, and it's also when you see him sitting on the toilet, he's bigger than the bowl. How the fuck did he fit? It's so ridiculous. Maybe he can shift his body into the toilet hole. He can move his bones around in that sack. Well, he doesn't have bones, so. Well, no, he has bones sticking up. We see him. Oh, There's yeah. like, yeah, weird back pieces. But we get another one-sided argument as Belial is mad at Dwayne for lying about where he was going and who he was with. Yes, I lied. <laughs> no, it won't happen again. He's like, I just wanted some time to myself, okay? Belial's worried that Dwayne is going to abandon him. Dwayne tries to convince him that he's not going anywhere, that they'll continue with the plan, and that he's, they'll always be together. Smash cut to Casey at a bar. So happy together. <laughs> where we see Dwayne getting drunk by himself. She asks him to come and drink with her, and the two head to a table at the back. Now we get this ridiculously overacted drunk scene. Oh my god, nobody really acts like that. <laughs> no. I've been drunk plenty of times. Same. And not, no, I've never seen someone act I don't like really drink that much. <laughs> well, and he's just cackling with everything he's saying. But we get another, uh, what's in the basket, Casey asks him. Mm. He's like, I've been he dying. Goes, he goes... <laughs> my brother, my brother. <laughs> and then she starts laughing and he tells her he looks like a squashed octopus <laughs> he doesn't really but okay what's a squashed octopus <laughs> octopus that you squashed <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense look into my ink eye <laughs> it's, like, it's like a squished spider only different <laughs> but <laughs> oh my god so we get this bit of backstory where Dwayne tells her that Belial and he were conjoined twins uh, that their mother died giving birth to them. They weren't allowed to go to school and were hidden away. Only their aunt would care for them. Uh, they had an operation forced on them to separate. Dwayne confirms that Belial communicates with them telepathically, telling her that uh, when they were connected, he used to be able to do it too, but not anymore. He then starts going off about how she doesn't know what it's like. And he says something, that, uh, something here that makes me question something. He goes, Dwayne and I were kept hidden from everyone. We're both, blah, we're both messed up. So, he said Dwayne and I. He's Dwayne. 
Right. So was that a flub or was Belial controlling him at that point because he was drunk? Because oh. we get a sequence later where it makes you wonder, like, he's Dwayne is dreaming about what Belial is seeing. Yeah, I didn't catch so, that. I didn't catch and that I had either. I on, too. Yeah. Look at you, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. And I rewound that. And I'm like, was that a line flub? Or was this, like, subtly hinting at Belial is actually in control? And because Dwayne is drunk... He lost control. Yeah. Blyle is controlling him. I like your theory, but I think you're overthinking it. I don't <laughs> think this, I don't up. I I think that he was playing it that he's so drunk that he doesn't know who's who is who yeah. anymore. I don't know. Because they did bring telepathy into it. Well yeah, because he talks That's about true. the, the right. telepathy and then the very next scene right. we finally find out Blyle's name. Because up to this point we don't know his name. Right. Basket. And, yeah, it's like what's in the basket? And the very next scene is where he actually, well, the kid calls him Belial. Yeah. Like he's a rapper. It's Belial. But Dwayne oh, passes like out at the that. table and we get the flashback scene. Uh, we see Dwayne's dad flipping out about, flipping out about his son, screaming about how his son is a freak and he killed his own mother. We then jump to 12 years later where we see a social worker talking uh, with Dwayne's aunt about homeschooling the child. The aunt keeps correcting her, saying there are two children. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, so for the listeners, uh, Rufus is absolutely eating up the attention that Maurice has given him. <laughs> Maurice is scratching him. He was kicking his leg. And now he's yawning. <laughs> kicking his leg like a little puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, every time he's over. Yeah. Rufus has got to be right by him. It's funny. That pussy loves Maurice. <laughs> he really does. But, um, so the social worker is basically telling the aunt that she can't keep, or she can't just homeschool the kids, and that the state has final say. The aunt introduces her to Dwayne and Belial, and the social worker freezes up and starts hyperventilating. She's like, Hamina, Hamina, Hamina. So isn't Belial cold all the time? Because they, like, cut a hole in the side of the shirt. Like, they don't give him a hat, no mittens, <laughs> no scarf. He's just hanging out. Mm-hmm. But, like... I bet he had pneumonia a few times. Probably. That's why he sounds asthmatic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, we see the the young Belial, and I, I love the effect because it's so bad. Like, it really does look like someone latexed a, a rubber mask to his side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so cheesy but wonderful. So we cut to the kid uh, to the kids in bed that night. They hear their dad talking with some doctors about separating them. The consensus is that Belial will die, but Dwayne will live and just have a nasty scar. As they share, this is where they said they share no organs, mm-hmm. no, uh, no organs or bone, just tissue. Cut to the doctors and Dwayne's dad wrestling Dwayne and forcing him down into the dining room where we see a makeshift surgical table set up. They drug him in Belial and perform surgery, uh, on, or, or begin, perform, uh, begin to perform the surgery separating the two of them. Uh, two things here. I love the sound effects, as it sounds just like wet Velcro as they're separating them. And I love that Belial's hand still has the flashing around the edges from when they took it out of the mold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can see they didn't clean up the edges. <laughs> so we cut to Dwayne waking up all bandaged up. He hears Belial in his head and goes running off to find him, and we find him in a garbage bag outside, left for dead. <laughs> but I love it because this is But it, he's like... It's like Peter Brady in that episode where he was going through puberty. Yeah. It's like... Aah. He's like, Belial, is that you? Mm. No, and then Belial's like... Aah. 
So we now cut to dad waking up to the sounds of someone building something in his basement. And like, that is the loudest hand saw ever. Cause dad is all like, this is in the basement. Dad is on the second floor with the door closed. And it sounds like someone is sawing right next to the bed. It's like, burp, burp, burp. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, that's a loud hand saw. <laughs> but dad heads down to investigate and finds a crazy buzzsaw death machine on a ramp. And he just stands in front of it like a fucking ninny. He's just like, what is that? Oh my god. And it rolls down and cuts him in half. Lengthwise. Which was amusing. We then see uh, the aunt looking for them up in the attic. Basically she explains to the kids that the and to the audience that the cops don't know what happened. And everyone thinks Belial is dead from the surgery. And they're going to let them continue to think that. She promises to take care of them both. Oh, and then we get a scene... Where Dwayne is sitting by the fire, by the fire, <laughs> and the aunt is reading while cuddling with little Belial, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> and then we smash cut to the funeral. He's kind of like the baby in dinosaurs. He kind right of there. is. <laughs> but we smash cut to Auntie's funeral, and we see an adult Dwayne looking down at her, sad. And so it's like, oh, bye bye, Auntie. Back to the present, we see Casey getting a very drunk Dwayne back to his room. He sets the basket in the hall and almost passes out. She gets him into the, into bed where he's out when he's know, where he's out cold. Suddenly he springs up and grabs the basket from the hall, putting it on the dresser, saying, "I almost forgot him." Before passing back out, Casey looks at the basket and takes a peek inside to find nothing. <laughs> I like that she completely ignores the blood covered folder that's laying on the dresser next to the basket. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally covered in blood, and she's like, "Eh, that's normal." Look where she lives. That's true, Look what but she still, does for a living. Considering there was all sorts of shenanigans that happened in that room, and then someone in the next room over wound up dead, That's and then true. dude's got a blood-covered foot. Like, it's just, come That's on. true. She then goes to her apartment and gets ready for bed, climbs in and attempts to sleep, and surprise, you got a squished octopus in your bed feeling on your boob. Because <laughs> he just reaches over and honks. So... <laughs> Why does she, okay? So she goes in. You hear the toilet flush. So mm-hmm. she has to make tinkies in the potty, mm-hmm. and then she comes out and takes her panties off. Yeah, I think because of the next scene, they wanted you to know that her panties were off. Right. Um, but, but yes, every I time what I watch saying. that now, I think of this woman I worked with many many years ago who would always say. My mama always told us that you got to sleep without your underwear on. You got to let your coochie breathe. Because you got to let your coochie breathe so you don't get infections. (laughs) I've actually heard this many times. Not from you, not like in general. Right. It's like, is it my bubblegum sore? It's not from my night night. I think this this was a thing for years. Like people like, it's like one of those old wives tales. Like people just believed like, oh yeah, no, you got to do that. Yeah. Like that's just the thing you got to do. Um, wait, you gotta let your, wait, what is your, your coochie breathe? <laughs> gotta let that hoo-ha get some air. So, <laughs> I sleep on my side. Mm-hmm. So when I have to sleep, like, in a split position. Legs akimbo. To air it out. <laughs> I'm like, if you sleep on your back, do you sleep like a gymnast? <laughs> like, are you, like a star? Starfish? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand because you're also you got blankets on you. Right. None so, of it makes sense. The, the purpose of underwears is to protect you from the elements. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get frostbite in bed. <laughs> you get frostbite on a spider mites, <laughs> bed well, bugs. In that room, you might. 
It protects oh. you from the bed bugs and the spider mites and the lobster eggs. <laughs> oh no! Oh god, I forgot about that internet story. Oh, I have to oh. bring it up every so often oh. to keep you honest. Oh, it's so gross. But so yeah, she gets into bed. Like she takes her panties off. She gets into bed. She passes out on her back, and then we just see Belial's hand reach over and start squishing on her boob. And then she wakes up. I love the the way she plays it though. The way uh, was it was really I love her. She opens her eyes. She looks down. She's like, the fuck? And then looks over and sees Belial moaning. Looks, the reason she looks over is to see if there's money there. <laughs> if he was holding up that wad of cash, she'd be like, all right, I guess. I mean, if if O'Donovan had held up that. That's true. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, my eyes are watering real bad from laughter. She screams bloody murder and runs out of the apartment. The manager and some of the residents come running again. The manager goes in the room, looks around, finds the window open, and tells Casey that whatever was in there is gone now. Back in Dwayne's room, we see Belial in his basket with Casey's underwear. I was like, you dirty little freak. (laughs) And uh, Casey goes to sleep with Josephine. (laughs) So she's like, you can stay in my apartment tonight, honey. I got $20. (laughs) My couch is good. But, uh, so this is where Act 2 ends. What are you guys thinking? I mean, I wouldn't want to air my coochie out on someone else's couch. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's batshit crazy. I, I both love and hate how drastically different Belial looks from scene to scene. Yeah. Because, like, in some scenes, he's got, like, a totally human face. With, like, lips and a nose and eyes. Mm-hmm. And then other... It's just like he looks like he's got a hole where his mouth should be. And someone just stuck, like, a like, no. like a bear trap in there. And sometimes his eyes are glowing and then they're yeah. not. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, he, he it's so inconsistent. But I kind of love it. Um, the backstory was... I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Spider-Man Across the Universe. Like, every scene, like, it was a different artist. That's true. That is true. But see, that I mean, was, that's, that's intended. That's intended. <laughs> this wasn't the case, but... This was more of, shit, how did he look in the last scene? <laughs> we broke the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I also love how ridiculous the backstory is. Like, no one in the backstory could act. Right. Yeah. Everybody was bad, and it's so cheesy. But the next day, next day, uh, Dwayne and Belial head off to see Dr. Cutter, who we find out is a veterinarian. Dwayne confronts her. So a veterinarian? He's like, they had a veterinarian operate on me? But I also love the the, the twin uh, nurses, <laughs> which apparently are, I think it was Henenlotter's nieces or somebody that worked on the film. They were like, if you got the twins from Friday the 13th off the, of the, Wish. The, the pepper, or was it Doublemint Twins? The Doublemint Twins off yep. of Wish. <laughs> But uh, Dwayne confronts her, and she basically tells him that she should, or he should thank her for making him normal. She then threatens him, saying that he has two seconds to leave unless he has something else he wants cut off. <laughs> she then pauses and goes, what's in a basket? <laughs> she flings the top open and screams as Belial attacks. Now, he rips her tongue out, but then we can clearly see her tongue in every scene that follows this. Mm-hmm. And of course, he also shoves her head in the... Uh, the scalpel drawer, drawer full yeah. of scalpels and they're all of a sudden they're sticking out of her face so. the junk drawer of surgical equipment okay if there's if there's scalpels lying down right here I took your head and slammed it out, there would not be scalpels sticking no. out of your head With as sharp as they are if, if I touched the sides of the blade I might have a slice or two but they would not be jammed into no. my face no 
None of them were sticking up. They were all laying down. That's why this is my favorite death scene because then <laughs> so the Wish Twins come in and she's just got all this shit, these scalpels sticking out from all over her face. <laughs> but she's when she's doing the scream too, she's melting like the witch and wizard. She's yeah. like, she's what like, a world. Ah! And I'm sorry, but that wouldn't kill her. No, it wouldn't. And again, how is she screaming? Her tongue was ripped out right in the first scene. She would sound like Roach from People Under the Stairs. Oh my god. (laughs) But, yeah, so Dwayne puts Belial back in the basket and they escape. The nurses open the door, as you said, and we see Cutter with the scalpel stuck in her face. It is just the most over-the-top death scene in the entire movie. Which is why it's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Can we confirm that she died? I mean, I'm assuming, because that, that was their whole plan. They had to kill them all. I know, but there's no way you would die from that. <laughs> That's true. I don't know, maybe, maybe Belial did something before, you know, like off-camera that we didn't see. Like, you ripped out her belly or something. Oh. Slice her throat, maybe. Maybe. He, he got that artery that's in your cuckoo. Ah, he stuck his, his big coke nail in there. Yep. He got her with a scalpel and she bled out. <laughs> yep. What is that What is that artery? I forget. Because I remember... Ephemeral artery or something? No. Back in the day when you had an angiogram, you had to like lay perfectly still yeah. pretty much. Well, they still do that. Yeah, because if you move, it'll bust open. You'll bleed out to death. Yeah. Oh, listeners, if you remember what that's called, science us. Yeah, no, because it's, I know that they still do that because that's uh, one of the things that, that freaked me out at the thought of an angiogram because one of my coworkers had that done and she was telling me about it. I'm like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. That's freaky. But we cut to Dwayne returning home. We'll call it the crotch artery. <laughs> the cooch artery. Yeah. Cooch artery. Oh, cooch. <laughs> it's like a charcuterie board. Charcuterie board. Charcuterie board. Sharon uh, shows up and tells tells him that Doctor Me- Doctor Needleman was murdered, and that she's been with the cops all day. She's pretty freaked out by it, and she tells him that she doesn't want to be alone. They're not blaming you, are they? I love it. She then shifts gears. She's like, "I want to be with you. Yeah. I've known you for one day." <laughs> but she, she she knows many men, so she's been around. She doesn't well, need more than a day. And that's the thing. She goes she goes on and on about how he's all she could think about all day. She doesn't know why, but it's like. Oh, my God. So he brings her back to his room. Where he finds out, she was like, I shaved and I used the rid. <laughs> I got rid of them, their crabs. But that comb really hurt. <laughs> he, <laughs> he brings her back to his room and uh, she goes on about how awful it is that Needleman was murdered. Then Dwayne touches her boob and she's like, take me, Dwayne. <laughs> Wait, she literally says, take she says, me, take Dwayne. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Belial then pops up out of the basket and starts screaming. Because she didn't take him. Exactly. And he's like, motherfucker, I got a boner too. I think <laughs> I can see what you see, damn it. <laughs> and so he, Dwayne holds her down so she can't see what's screaming. Like, objectively. Yeah. Like, l- 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 I mean, as silly as this scene is, objectively, put yourself in her shoes for a second. How terrifying that would be of like some creature is screaming in the room with you and you can't see what it is. Mm-hmm. Like While that's, you're trying to have the sexy times. Right, and someone's holding you down. Like, that's pretty creepy. But... It's my cock screaming for you. <laughs> he then wraps her in a sheet, 
picks her up and throws her into the hallway where she bounces off the fucking wall and I had to pause it because I could not stop laughing. Because <laughs> she literally hits the wall. And well, did you see off. when he takes her out of there? She's not in there. There is no human in, under that blanket. No. You can see it's like a, do- a mannequin. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my god. But she immediately springs back up, starts screaming and pounding on the door, the door for Dwayne to open up. Inside, Dwayne is fighting with Belial, shoving him back in the basket and screaming at Sharon to leave, telling her that it will never work. And she's like, Dwayne! I love this, though, because she runs down the hall. We see pedophile and broom guy standing in the hallway looking at her. And, and she, then she just, just turns around. She's like, Dwayne! Right? It's like, why did you run halfway across the hotel and then scream his name again? It's so random. She was psychotic. She really hotel. was. Because she's pissed because she knows a lot of men but now doesn't know him. Yeah. And she wants to know him. But that night... Uh, In death she knows his twin. <laughs> this is true. That night Belial sees Dwayne sleeping and climbs up out of the basket. He watches him sleep and has spooky glowing red eyes for some reason. <laughs> he then jumps up in the window and screams at the city. Which I'm sure is not out of the ordinary in 1980s New York. No, I'm sure it's uh, not out of the ordinary today. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but especially at that area of New York. Right. Yeah. People are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, people don't budge for that. <laughs> no. Like, oh, it's just Bob the Bum. <laughs> exactly. So close up of Dwayne sleeping, and we get the dream sequence with naked Dwayne running to Sharon's apartment. Yeah, that, this makes no sense at all, this part. <laughs> I love... I can't remember... It had to be on the documentary I watched about this, but they were talking about that scene... And again, no permits. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they had a van. They pulled up with Kevin butt naked. And he just jumped out and like ran down the sidewalk while they were filming. And then he jumped back in the van and they sped off. Mm. So it was like total guerrilla filmmaking there. But we see uh, naked Dwayne run to the apartment and then look up at the window of Sharon's apartment. So we get a POV shot of him going into her bedroom and finding her sleeping. He creepily rubs her head and legs and eventually her boobies. And we get dem titties. And Rufus is determined to claw open Maurice's notebook. <laughs> he's fight- I, He keeps on smelling it. I wonder if maybe it was open and my cat was laying on it. Yeah, it's prob- he probably smells your cat on it. Because he's just like... <laughs> okay. What is he doing? He's, he's smelling it. Like, yeah, he's... he's I don't smells- know how. My, like, I usually leave it where I... Sp- in a spot where I can't get out of it, maybe. I don't know, maybe. He definitely smells something. Yeah. He's, he's been trying to get at that all night. <laughs> but, so yeah, we get the, the dem titty shot. And I love that he rings the doorbell. Like, he pokes her nipple. Like, ding dong. Mm-hmm. Like, what is with the nipple poke? Maybe it's, it's probably his first time touching a nipple. Well, considering we find out who's who's actually touching the nipples in a minute. Yeah. You know. But Dwayne, or we get the, the POV humping. Oh. We see the camera humping. He's... He's mad and I yelled at him. <laughs> oh, Rufus was like, no, nah, he's just hungry. He's going for some food. But So we get the POV humping shop. Dwayne suddenly wakes up and finds Belial is gone. Cut to Sharon. She wakes up and finds Belial on top of her. She screams and he attacks her, choking her to death. Dwayne shows up at Sharon's and finds... First actual decent... Uh, not decent, but actual kill in the movie. This that is you true. Can, that you can believe. Right. <laughs> that you can confirm. Well, one confirmed. Well, that's two, right, yeah, that's the, right. the one guy was ripped in half, so... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, he was ripped in half. Yeah, but we didn't see him get ripped well, in half. True. We just saw the aftermath. Yeah, this, this one is we the actually first see. actual death for <laughs> we can confirm and believe it actually happened. Death in camera. <laughs> <laughs> but Dwayne shows up at Sharon's and finds Belial humping her dead and bloody body. And there is all this blood around her her crotch. Yeah. Which is making me wonder, does Belial have a barbed penis? And uh, now again Was she on the rag? <laughs> Oh. That's a possibility, I guess. Just, like, lost my virginity and got my red wings. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I think it was uh, a barbed penis. A barbed penis. <laughs> but here's my question. So, the way... <laughs> it's ribbed for her pleasure. But the way he's going at it, it clearly would have to come out of the bottom portion of him. That was the portion that was connected to Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Dwayne always, because they're telepathically linked. So if he get, if Belial got a boner originally, did it like go into Dwayne's lung? Like what happened there? He's going through changes. Because <laughs> remember, they were about twelve. There was definitely some puberty happening. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, I don't even want to. I'm disgusted with what just popped in my head. <laughs> I don't even want to say it on the air. <laughs> But it's the sound too is just so oh, it's yeah. like the squelch. Yeah. Squelch. Squelch. And I love it because you can He like yanks him off of her and you hear the <laughs> And Blau's like <laughs> like no. Yeah, he was in the middle of coming. <laughs> but then you can see that Sharon is totally still breathing. Like the yeah. actress play like she's absolutely still breathing. Yeah, but that's every eighties movie. Oh yeah. But they, they lingered too long on the on, on that shot where you could definitely see. But Dwayne rushes back to the hotel, yelling at Belial and bashing the basket into random objects. He's like, I wanted her, but you wanted her too, and that means you I can't have her. I love how he says, if I ever get my hands on you right. again, I'll kill you. I'm like, you have your hands on him right, right now. Yeah. That's a, I think I I don't know. I, I think it was just I have no explanation. <laughs> Maybe, uh, what's his name? The, the writer and director. Uh, Henry Lauder. Maybe he was drunk and high when he wrote this. <laughs> I mean, that's a very Like Stephen what was going King on. during Maximum Overdrive? Like, oh, he, for, he forgot what he was writing. I think so. He did the George Lucas. He wrote his own continuity. <laughs> Either that or, or Kevin was just improv and they're like, we don't got the money to reshoot. <laughs> Our permit already ran out, so we got to hurry. Oh, my God. But the manager and all the residents rush to Dwayne's room as he's screaming and flipping out. The manager opens the door. Casey runs in and asks Dwayne what's the matter. He tries to tell him to leave, but Belial pops out of, out of the basket and grabs Dwayne by the dick and lifts him up off the floor. And his legs are like, <laughs> How did Belial have any leverage? <laughs> um, he, we, already, we already said that he works out. Oh my uh, god! Uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say there's some kind of supernatural. It has to be with him. Like we're. <laughs> it's such a stupid force. He, he's like Yoda. No, because he was he was actually doing it. Yoda would just. That's true, but he had Dwayne by the dick. It was holding him up in the air. Yeah. And then, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, Belial uh, drops him and then tackles Dwayne out the window. We see Belial holding onto a fire escape with one hand and holding onto Dwayne's throat with the other as they dangle above the pavement. And then the friendly hookers. <laughs> the hookers. I Look lo- at that! I love that oh one hooker. Oh my god! Because she goes, ah, hey girls, look at that, what's that? 
And the one that's like, oh my god! And the other guy goes, hey buddy, you okay up there? <laughs> you, no. No. I'm just, yeah, well, again, this is New York City. That's true. He might be like, I, I don't I don't want to yuck your yum if that's something you want to be doing. <laughs> I don't know, maybe a squash octopus hanging you by the throat from a fire escape is your thing. Oh. <laughs> David Hutchins. <laughs> His thing was being hugged by a squash octopus. But did him in. Belial oh. really killed him. <laughs> Belial with a heart of gold. Or not. <laughs> when Dwayne passes out, Belial loses his grip, and they both fall crashing to the ground. The, ground, uh, the crowd gathers around their broken and bloody bodies as the credits roll. But don't worry, they get better in time for the sequel. Mm. The end. Mm. Oh, final thoughts. I I fucking love all of the Basket Case movies, but it's it's a it's a close tie between this and the second one for me. Which one I like better? But I highly recommend this if you like cheesy eighties horror and you have not seen this movie. It's worth your time. Yeah, I mean, I, I was late to the game. I, I like I said, I was like 38, 39 when I first watched this. So yeah, you even know. if you have seen it, watch it again. Yeah. Right, it's. I mean, Watch it again and think of our podcast. <laughs> this is one of those movies I throw on in the background all the fucking time when I'm when I'm cleaning, when I'm drawing. Like, it's just a go-to because it's so ridiculous and so over the top. There's never something boring on the screen. There's always something worth Something's looking at. That's why I said, like, yeah. it's not the greatest movie, but it, know, keeps it hits the ground running and mm-hmm. there's something always going on, right? Which, you know... That's really all you can ask for with these low-budget movies. As long yeah. as it keeps moving at a good pace and, and, and there's always at least something entertaining on the screen. Yeah, because you got low-budget movies that you don't get anything to the 50-minute mark. Yeah, where they just fucking drag, you know? And it's an only hour and 20-minute movie. <laughs> right. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> I was going to say The Burning as well. Oh, the burning. That was a short movie, but man, up until the end, it was like, okay, can we get to the kills? Yeah. But... Uh, so, a little bit of trivia. Most of the credits that appear at the end of the film are fake. Uh, the crew is very small, and rather than repeat the same names over and over again, they decided to just make up names, which is kind of funny. Um, we already mentioned that the, uh, the the wad of cash that he had was the whole film's budget. Apparently, they would go dumpster diving for discarded furniture and plumbing to dress up the sets. Nice. Um, let's see. The scenes with the Statue of Liberty. Oh, I already mentioned that, that they were shot without permit. And then this one is, uh, in, in an interview in issue 16 of Fangoria magazine, Frank Henenlotter stated, I hate to admit this, but any time you heard a woman walking, that was me in high heels. <laughs> the sound effect was looped later to create, <laughs> and created mainly by Henenlotter and the producer Edgar Levins just walking back and forth in the hallway in heels. <laughs> um, they couldn't afford a camera dolly, so a wheelchair was used to accomplish track, tracking shots. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Exactly. And uh, not including Dwayne, Dr. Lifflander is the only person in the film who doesn't scream upon seeing Belial. Which I went back and checked. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Hmm. He's yeah. like, because he does the, oh, God, no, no, oh, God. <laughs> he starts shooting, but he yeah, doesn't true. scream. And so, but overall, I love this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, but it's not a good movie. It's one of those movies I can say it's entertaining as hell, but it's not good. It's horribly awesome. Exactly. But... 
For those of you not following us on the social medias, we are The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. <laughs> what is that good, sir? Well, I finally updated. It's been, I, uh, been a while? <laughs> I was behind a few uh, episodes. Yeah, that's fine. I got a little out there, though, recently. Uh, but it's at Boogeyman's The. Fine, you better much. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's uh, $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as an exclusive episode every month. Uh, we are a little behind on that, but we will be playing catch-up very shortly with the exclusive episodes. Um, also, the higher tiers will get you stuff like birthday picks and stuff in the mail. Uh, we already had a great birthday pick in December with Mike O'May's Dawn of the Dead pick. And uh, we have a birthday pick coming up from uh, the Professor X of the Rad Pantheon, which we will get to in a second, uh, Josh Strasberg. He's already told me a few of his ideas, what he's planning, so I'm excited to see what he ends up deciding on. Um, but yes, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon, as I mentioned. Uh, it's a network of artists and writers and podcasters and musicians. There's a lot of cool people doing rad stuff. So check out Rad Pantheon on all the socials and radpantheon.com. Uh, our next episode, for anyone inclined to watch before we cover it, is episode 166, and we are going with Puppet Master 2. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting to this as... Uh, I do like the first Puppet Master movie, but 2 and 3 are my favorites. So I'm, I'm very much excited to cover this. I'm excited to revisit it. Yeah, it's been a while. After part 3, things get a little hanky. So I don't know how far into the franchise we'll venture. We, but could, we could stop after 3, I feel. I, I feel maybe 4 and 5 just because of the weird giant puppet monster thing. Like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, 6 and beyond. But anyway... Uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up here. So, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.